Much like the Curb Your Enthusiasm TV series, the Curb Our Enthusiasm podcast deals with adult subjects and contains explicit language. Jai. Jai. Hello, and welcome to the Curb Our Enthusiasm podcast. This Curb, Episode 8, Beloved Aunt, it aired December 3rd, 2000. And now... Time for a stop and chat. And we'll try to curb our enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 1, Episode 8, Beloved Ant. Curb theme begins. The Davids are at a funeral. Somber music is playing. Cheryl's aunt has died. Larry's having a conversation with Cheryl's sister's boyfriend, Craig. Larry mentions how he has hurt his finger making a new hole in his belt. He must have lost weight. Craig and Larry are making small talk, and Craig asks how long did Larry date Cheryl before they were married. Larry replies, Not very long. After intercourse, we got married very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's a lot of couples. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm getting married. (laughs) Will you marry me? (laughs) Craig says Becky wants to get married. He's not into it, and the day they got the call about Becky's aunt, who actually killed herself... Craig was going to break up with Becky. So now Craig asks Larry how long should he have to wait, given the circumstances. Larry says, if it had been Becky's mother, six days, a week. But for an aunt, you don't see that often. Do it when you get back home. Tell her you're not happy, Larry says. Listen, we never had this conversation, by the way. Then Larry smacks Craig's shoulder twice to kill a fly that's been buzzing around <laughs> so it looks like he's patting him on the shoulder like yeah good talk but good you, talk. yeah you hear a, bu- a buzz <laughs> and he's like looking around so it's just kind of funny i don't know if he just did that and then they're like okay let's, let's make, just keep it's it a fly if we gotta yeah. add a buzz sound now i think he just did that it was funny ray have you ever had to make a new hole in a belt no i would say i i've definitely not tried to do that well it goes the other way too it, it's if you're too fat, you have to make another hole at the very the other end. Way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they actually give you enough room for that because it's usually four inches at the end of each. So maybe they know that. <laughs> I don't know how you, I mean, do you just take a hole punch or not a hole punch? They have like a that? leather. Like a leather punch. A punch because that's really? how they make the holes in the first place. But most people don't have those handy. No. Unless you work in that kind of. No. You know. I'll just buy a new belt, but I guess maybe it was yeah. on the spot. It's but, like time to get a new belt. Right. Um. But, you know, if you're in a pickle, you know, you lose weight gradually, like Larry. And if he had to get there, he didn't try on his outfit before. Especially a funeral. Right. How much time? See, Um, a funeral, I would just wear a loose belt. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Maybe it was really bad. That's true. I guess we don't know the degree. (laughs) We don't want his pants falling down. (laughs) This doesn't really play into the storyline. I think it's just conversation. Right. Um, I prefer suspenders. Suspenders are, are good. Now, I have the kind that I don't like tucked shirts. I mean, if you're yeah. dressing up, sure. Yeah. You've got some fancy suspenders. You but you know what's cool about suspenders is you can unbutton the pants, unzip completely. And pants, pants aren't going to fall still down. On. They're still wow, on look at that. Yep. Jeff knows what's good about that. <laughs> Maybe not this Jeff yet, but Jeff later. Yeah, later Jeff. He's all about the suspenders. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Ray, how long did you and your wife date before you got married? Was it soon after intercourse? If you don't mind me asking, our, our yeah, listeners would like I, to know. I want to say 
It was it was pretty soon. We got married pretty quick. Everyone thought she was pregnant, which that's like the old school that's way of thinking. Funny. They're like, oh my gosh, they're getting yeah. married so quick. She's, she must be pregnant. And it's like, no, no we're just no. getting married. We're just love. getting married. She 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 conned me into it. So she kind of she tricked and trapped you. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, house. I got cash. You'll 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 be just fine. I'm like, sweet. And she bought. I mean. Seems like she's delivered. And she, yeah, she showers me with gifts. She got a, a bracelet, there platinum, and all yeah. this. She's been delivering <laughs> all these years. So I really can't say. <laughs> you, can't, you really can't complain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Now, here's what I was thinking when I watched this scene. I don't think Larry should be going anywhere near this situation. No. He does say we never had this conversation, but that never works. Never. Does that ever work? If you say that, it's going to come out again. Yeah. By the way. Like, if you say, please don't say anything, please. Yeah. It's going to come out. It's going to come out. Nobody. Like. Very rare that someone, there's maybe one person in your life. The reason why that comes out all the time is because you are putting emphasis on what not to say. Therefore, the person remembers it. Every single time. Yeah. But if you're just talking like normal, like mm-hmm. how how we are, you know, we can forget we had a conversation about yeah. cars the next day because there's no no emphasis. But if I say, Jeremy, don't tell anybody, but I did this. That's going to stick out in your mind. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. It's like you have a special place you store that right. memory. You're, you're like, ooh. <laughs> oh, this goes in the encrypted, <laughs> the encrypted drive. Right. <laughs> What's sad is that you remember this stuff, but the older you get, you remember... Well, then your filter, say, your filter goes away. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it keeps. You're talking like, oh yeah, Ray did get that car with. Oh, <laughs> it just kind of like slips out. So it's like uh, if you get pulled over. Like usually in the situation we're talking about, you know the person somewhat, right? Um, but Craig and Larry, they're not like best buddies. But if you get pulled over by a cop and you're gonna fight this ticket, yeah, you want to be not memorable. You don't don't say. I'm fighting this ticket. Right, because they are looking for you. Yeah, they're going to make notes then. They're going to be a little more careful writing that ticket out. You don't want them to remember you. And that's that's with any business. Yeah. By the way, if you're trying to get your cell phone bill (laughs) lowered, you think there's a mistake. If you go in there like, meh, 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 meh. Yeah, they're not going to help you. I'm suing you guys, F you guys. Then they're going to be like, no. Yeah, suing's the worst thing you can threaten. Because they have to put that note on there. So anytime you call in, it's on We got to get rid of this guy. (laughs) Where where I work, I have to note that by law if someone says that. And on top of that, I I can't even talk to them at that point. Right. Like they totally sever it. And I, yeah. then I have to say, you have to call the You have to call our attorneys. Yeah. And then and then they're like, what? You can't help me? It's like, yeah. no, you said lawyer. You, you said Sue. Right. You now, said Sue. Now we're done. <laughs> no, no, I thought your name was Sue. <laughs> Susie. Susie. Sue for short. Oh, man. So we agree on that. Um, this was not good for Larry no, to give his advice here. At the beginning, no. He should have just went, just do what you, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was that? Yeah. Cheryl needs me. Yeah, Cheryl needs me. We need to go. So scene two, they're still at the funeral, and Larry approaches Cheryl. She asks what Larry and Craig were talking about. Louise, which is Cheryl's aunt. That's what Larry says. Louise, smooth cover there by LD. Becky asks Craig. Becky asks, is Craig okay? Larry says, oh yeah, Becky. You'd be surprised how broken up he is about this. Larry's dressed sharp. He has made sure the heat is adjusted just right. He's killing flies, and he offers the family to stay some extra days in his home. 
He's scoring major points with the family. And Becky can stay another day in the hotel, which obviously LD's paying for. That's really nice. Stay there a day or two? Larry replies, yeah, one night. Larry's parents are a little upset that there was no obituary for the aunt. Larry's manager, which is Jeff, knows someone at the paper. So Jeff knows a guy. And Larry's going to write it himself. Jeff's not in the scene, but he just mentions him. Um, Cheryl's mom asks, it's not going to be funny, is it? Larry, no, it's not going to be funny. It's going to be very tasteful and appropriate. Cheryl's dad adds, he's just a writer. He can write anything. Larry's not too pleased with that comment. Cheryl's mother says, we love you, Larry. Larry, I love you too. Cheryl looks a little surprised, but I think overall pleased with this. And Larry's getting those points. Ray, I'm sure you can relate with Larry here. You have to score points with the significant other's family whenever possible, right? Yes, that is a big yes. In-laws, if you're cool with the in-laws, you're not only will your marriage be okay, but you're not going to be angry to do anything and, and, for the family. And does this help, you know, you get into an argument with the wife, maybe small stuff, does it help? With yes. the in-laws. Do they take your do they have your back? Yes. My my wife's mom has my back all the time. Like when Diane complains about something like, hey, Ray didn't do the the laundry. Well, he does a bunch of other stuff. She doesn't even know what I do, but she definitely has my back. And when we go to Chicago, we like have each other's back because, you know, Diane yells at us and we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you have we have common do a, ground. Right. We 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 do a subtle wink. That's pretty funny. So those points add up. So scene three, later that day, Larry's meeting Jeff for lunch at a bar and grill. Jeff asks Larry why he's still wearing a tie. Jeff states that he wouldn't wear one if he didn't have to. Larry says, may as well wear the outfit to the completion. Maintain the outfit. I have to say I agree with Larry on this one. What do you think, Ray? Yes, you got to wear the outfit to completion, which is a good way to end that sentence, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to do it, you might as well do it, right? Do it to completion. You I know? think we should bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> Maintain. <laughs> Scene three continued. Jeff says the deadline for the obit is 4 p.m. And get it to him by 4. Larry, that'll score some big points with the family. Jeff asks how the aunt died. Killed herself. No, she didn't. Why? Why? Nobody knows. She didn't leave a note. That is so rude, isn't that? That's really rude. I mean, if you leave your house for 10 minutes to go get a container of milk, you tell somebody where you went, don't you? I let my wife know before I go anywhere. Yeah. Would have killed her to leave a note. I don't know. Jeff says his parents are in town. It's his mom's birthday, and he'd like Larry to get her a gift to smooth things over between them and Larry. Larry agrees, but Jeff doesn't have any gift ideas. Larry says, let's do this obituary thing. Got a pen? Jeff has a pad of paper and a pen. It's Louise Honan. H-O-E-N-I-N. Devoted sister. Beloved aunt. Died of undisclosed causes. Ray, is it rude to cure yourself and not leave a note? I do think it's rude because, honestly, the family is going to wonder forever. And we've all, I mean, I shouldn't say we've all probably had to live through through this, but... Can imagine. You can I imagine. mean, you can imagine, like, especially if they seemed like they were okay. Like, those are the scariest ones, right? Where, like, you talk to someone, everything seems fine, and then all of a sudden, boop, yeah, they're that's, gone. Yeah, that's a weird one. I, I, I would, a lot of times it's like, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know? Yeah. I'm sure there's somewhere it's like, wow, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw that coming, but 
it's still shocking, you know. It's very shocking. But not not leaving a note. Yeah, that's it's like at least leave a note to say, hey, it could say really anything. Like, didn't yeah. like being here. Sorry, guys. And at least you got something. You got something to go off yeah. of. Or they could be, you know, big, long, drawn out thing, which is fine too. But, but the uh, aunt didn't leave a note. She just no. left them hanging, basically. She didn't. Which you just wonder what was going on. Was no, it financial? No was it that. right? <laughs> was it financial stuff? Was it, you know? I wonder how much of it is financial. I would say my personal opinion. I have no facts backing this up, but I want to say ninety percent. I mean, that's a financial. mental stress. It is. That's a lot of uh, causes for divorce. That's for sure. Yes, and then usually if someone can't yeah. get back on their feet, they get depressed, and depression leads. A, it's a so dark hole. Larry says. Would have killed her to leave a note. I don't know. <laughs> they keep a straight face. I don't know how they did that because I'm laughing when I hear it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm covering my mouth. Yeah. You know, so he, he writes in the, in the obituary, undisclosed causes. And I have noticed that, you know, that there, there's a lot of people that die of drug overdoses. And now with social media, yeah, you know, everyone, they'll post almost anything on there and then they won't put that part. Right. And here's the thing. You would think you would have some awareness. Like if I had a family member that died of a drug overdose, I would want people to know that. It's like, hey, this is a real thing. Yeah. Make sure your family members get help. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I can get it at first. Maybe um, I, I totally understand why you don't want to disclose it, but I think it's better to to let people know the truth. I think so too. And maybe if they have families or whatever, yeah. You know, if they have even young children, when they grow up to read that, then they know, hey, drugs ruined my dad or mom. Yeah. And to me, I yeah, think let's see the effect it caused on others. Right. Right. Let's see the actual damage it causes after the fact. Right. And that's the same with suicide, too. Exactly. That's why I think you should always kind of put that. But And we're not very open about it. I don't know if that's just America, if there's other countries are more open about that stuff. But I think it, it hurts it. It's better to be more open about it. It does. You're, you're absolutely right. I to- totally agree. We're open about so much stuff that we shouldn't be open about. Right. <laughs> and then you're not open to help people. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Um, so scene four. Next day, back at the Larry David Manor, Cheryl's family, along with Cheryl and Larry, are sitting around talking. There's various snacks on the coffee table. Cheryl's dad is bragging about the unlimited mileage he has on his rental car. He asks when Becky is coming down. Becky's upstairs talking to her now ex-boyfriend, Craig. The family's not very pleased about Craig's timing. Larry wants to go play golf. Larry, he's making like a funny face. I don't have that written down, but he's making a real funny face. <laughs> he's playing with his lips. Yeah, it's he, really he's weird. He's almost like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to play. He, he wants the hell out of there. You can just tell. And he wants to go play golf. And Cheryl basically says, no way. And I wanted to ask you, there's got to be, golf probably is the worst thing he could have come up with of doing. I mean, yeah. I would be saying I got to help Jeff do something. I mean, he wasn't getting out of there. Anyway. Help Jeff get groceries. Hey, I'll get some food for later yeah, to this evening. There you go. Something for the family. Try and make it like helpful. Yeah. And then have the food sent. <laughs> have it catered. <laughs> yeah, you're not there. <laughs> so the family's talking about how you have to go on. Larry says, must go on. Can't go on. Must go on. And Cheryl gives Larry a strange look. Cheryl's dad talks about how laughter is healing. Larry states that he once performed for Norman Cousins in his hospital room, where he was on his deathbed. 
he requested me to do five minutes, and uh, I bombed, actually. And he got much worse. And he had to watch some Marx Brothers movies to resuscitate him. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Norman Cousins was many things, a writer, and editor. He did battle some illness throughout his life, and he believed that one's outlook and laughter could have healing benefit. He wrote a book on the subject, and he did live a fairly long life when considering some of the health issues he had. I believe he was in his mid-70s when he passed. Um, Seinfeld Season 5, Episode 16, The Stand-In. Jerry visits a friend in the hospital. His name is Fulton. Fulton is not doing very well, and Jerry tries to cheer him up, and he bombs. Kramer gets a job with Mickey as a stand-in in a soap opera, and Jerry sets Elaine up with a friend who took it out. It. It. Out. Out. <laughs> that's what people <laughs> That's what people probably remember most about that episode, but I love the Kramer and Mickey stand-in story. <laughs> it's like... Uh, uh, Mickey's the little person with him, and he's yeah. the, he plays the kid. Yeah, <laughs> Kramer's the father, and he's got a he's got a uh, pipe, and he's like, uh, "I'm not really going away. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'll be back every other weekend." That's a good. And then I think he says, uh, "And the kids, Mickey's daddy, don't go, don't go." <laughs> and he, he yanks on his pants or shirt but it's real melancholy right it's real it's a yeah, daddy don't, don't go, go don't, don't go. go you know because it shows the kid doing it daddy don't go don't go and mickey does it daddy don't go don't go they're just setting up lighting <laughs> and he says uh something like uh son sometimes people fall out of love <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good one it's a really funny seinfeld larry suddenly realized the paper should be out with the lovely, thoughtful, and appropriate obituary he wrote for Louise, the devoted sister and beloved aunt. Larry says he'll go get the paper. This is Larry's second attempt to get out of the house. Cheryl's dad says no, he's got the unlimited mileage, so Larry is stuck. I love this part. Larry tells his mother-in-law that she can move over now, because his father-in-law is no longer sitting there. A little more room. Nah, that's okay, she says. She just sticks right next to him. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, Larry eats a strawberry. Hey, these are pretty good. How many do you think I can get in my mouth? <laughs> Lady said, says six. Someone says five. Larry shoving strawberries in his mouth. Four, five. Then he goes into his godfather impression. His Marlon Brando. Now, <laughs> I don't have strawberries here, but I got some grapes. How many do you think I can get in my mouth? Six. Definitely six. <laughs> Don't choke. I cannot save you. Four. Come on. <laughs> Martin Brando, right? Right. Look look what they did to my son, Tino. <laughs> Ladies, church, look what they did. <laughs> now, Ray, why, why munch on these grapes? I want to hear your godfather. Do, uh, do the, uh, Never go against the family. Never go, never go against the family ever again. Bono sera, bon sera. What have I done to you that made you come to me and treat me so disrespectfully? That's pretty good. And Ray, you did it without grapes <laughs> or strawberries. <laughs> but those grapes look delicious. <laughs> you like a grape? I do want a grape. I want a grape. They're very good. They are good. Cool. I can't. Don't choke. I swear I can't we'll take do. a break here and come back without chewing grapes. <laughs> okay, now we got the grapes. 
Those are some large grapes. Again, I didn't know if your mouth was full that you can do the impression very a- accurately. So I believe, is that the secret? Like, what I have read is that he used cotton balls. Like for real? Yeah, that he stuffed cotton balls in his cheeks. But I will say I was practicing this yesterday without grapes or anything, and I was doing pretty good. And this is the first time I did it with something in my, my, in my mouth. Gotta get those cheeks full, and it helped. Wow. Like, it does help. I would not have suspected that. But yours is good, and so yours would be dead on, probably, with some cotton balls or oh, strawberries man. or grapes or something. I had no idea. Again, it's like blowing my mind. <laughs> Larry does a great impression. Yeah, the, he does. The mannerisms, the facial expressions is really good. That's what makes that scene really funny. My and dad, he's making everyone laugh, too. My dad doesn't watch Curb. He, I, he loves Godfather, and I pulled this scene up on YouTube, and he was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he, re- he, he said it was really good, and so, and he's watched Godfather several times. He even squinted his eyes. Which yeah, I thought that was yeah. Hilarious. He really did a good job. And then we got to uh, talk about Sonny and how he got taken out, and it, it depressed us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sonny was a well. He wasn't a good Don, but I liked his character. Yeah, he was the hot hot head. He was what. When you watch Sopranos, there's a lot of Sonnies in there. Oh, yeah. Like, they just yeah. get angry and yeah. just do stuff. Yeah, and it's based off of real characters and yeah. real-life people yeah. that did just go off the deep end and just had a, you know, had a temper. Right. Anything. Yeah. And it just, it never really worked out well. No, it never really does. <laughs> yeah. So, he did the, uh, you know, Gladys, George, look what they did. The family's laughing, having a good time. Becky enters the room in tears. She sits on Cheryl's lap. She says, all Craig kept saying was how he's not happy. Did he say anything to you? She asked Larry. Larry. No, just talked about Louise and the minibar. The minibar? <laughs> now Larry has had enough. He's getting the hell out of this scene. He just remembered. He's got to get Jeff's mom a birthday gift. He'll be back in 20 minutes. Half an hour at... 40 minutes at the most. 45 minutes. I like how Larry keeps upping the time as he's And leaving. Cheryl says in that in that scene, like, I'm counting the minutes. He said 20. Like, she's like, 20 minutes. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, 40, 30. Yeah, that's probably what made up. him up it. You right. Know? Like, I've, I know, uh, I think it was um, the show uh, Lucky Louie with Louis C.K. And he said, and he's got that in his stand-up, is anytime you go somewhere for the first time, that's how long it takes to do that. So if you say, I'm going to the store to get some bread or something, yeah, yeah. and it only takes you 15 minutes, that's set now. Oh. So you got to be careful giving times to the significant other. Yeah, I never give times. Yeah. Now, you told me that you've actually done this, so the, the 25, 30, 40, about an hour. Wrong every time. An hour time. at the most. Wrong every time. Yeah. Well, you do it with these podcasts. I do it with these, but yes. I, there was like I, one, I do it with these podcasts. There was, this one's going pretty smooth, but there was one time where it just went so perfect. Yes, the one like, time. Take one. every First take on every We day. were on it. And that was it. Your wife was like, that's how long these are going to go from now yes, on. Yes, and every and time. the next one, we had like the first thing, a mic wasn't working or something. We forgot to record half the time. Yeah, or I, pushed a, I didn't push a button. It was terrible. And it was just like we completely jinxed ourselves. Right. <laughs> and there's always, they always take longer. Like even now, yeah. she's like, are you going to be home before I get home? I said, Probably not. And she's like, well, why? You're getting there at 12. Like, now she's questioning yeah, the whole thing. Right. I was like, well, you know, we have, I mean, 
with our podcast, we have a little bit of a podcast party. We have a catered-in lunch <laughs> or a homemade lunch or dinner, sometimes both dessert. <laughs> I got to have dessert after Grapes. you eat. Grapes, <laughs> drinks, several drinks. I mean, we don't really start podcasting until about three hours <laughs> into, the, into, the, into the getting here. Yeah. So if you ever interviewed to be a host on this thing, the, the, the benefits package is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is what you want to do is you want to treat this, like treat your significant other almost like a client. Or something. Yes. You want to um, under under promise, over deliver. Right. 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 Say it's going to take eight hours. It takes two. You look like a, he- a hero. Right. But if you say <laughs> it's going to take three and it takes yeah. three and 15 minutes, yeah. they are ready to kill you. Right. And that works, right? Yeah, it mean, absolutely works. works. It, it is absolutely. working. Yes. <laughs> now I'm only worried about what she's going to say for dinner. She's like, what are you? She's going to, I'm sure she's going to text me during the show and says, what's for dinner? Right. And when are you going to be back? And that's, there's two questions. Either, either when are you going to be back or what's for dinner yeah. is going to be that. She's going to be um, happy today, I think. Yeah. We're doing we're, good. We're, we're doing good. So... Ray, I certainly feel for Larry. He had to get out of there. Yes. Do you have any go-tos in your, I've got to get the hell out of Dodge playbook? Man, let me, I'm afraid to say, I actually don't want to say. You don't want to give him up? No. Oh, okay. I can understand that. Because if she, by chance, listens to this. What about, yeah, by chance. (laughs) What what about um, friends? We have friends. It's the kids. Oh, dude, that's it's, like I the mean, best. I mean, you got kids, you might as well you use them for that, right? You can't. You, there's no yeah. other argument about kids. No, nah, I wouldn't want to lie about my kid being sick, though. I think people, parents no. do, but I wouldn't want to. That's going a little bit too far. Yeah. But if I say I got to pick up my kid, yeah, well, what are they going to say? No, you don't. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can get my out of kid, anything. There's so many things these kids need or have to be at or do, or they're or they're just being jerks. <laughs> Like, yeah, they're just being jerks. I got to be there to watch them. Right, exactly. They're going to tear <laughs> and, shit up. I mean, right? I, there's nothing I can say to that. No, it's not. It's the ultimate. I will say the best one of the benefits of having kids is that when they're young, you can get out of like everything. Yeah. Weddings, yeah, funerals. Sure. I mean, anything. I, I had a, my, and that, but usually it's the kids sick, but they are sick all the time. You yeah, know, they're when, going to yeah, school and touching everything. Ew. But I had a friend that he, well, he's still my friend. He's not had. I, right. I have a friend and he, he would just, he got lazy with it. He got greedy. Can we go here? I, now I got the kids. I got the kids every time. And I, I finally said, well, aren't your kids portable? <laughs> you know they can't go out at all and like, he's like it's a whole thing <laughs> it's a whole thing that's a good excuse too like jeremy you wouldn't understand that's a whole thing yeah, and that's what right. people say to people who don't have kids yeah happens in my office all the time yeah, two people sure. have kids two of us don't and they're yeah. like oh well we gotta i mean put me in a car seat i remember forever. being portable i mean i closed i got my game boy and right I was off. you were good and now it's Books. just a cell phone or ipad it's even easier they got everything yeah yeah so i it's just it's, I don't know. It's just the eternal. No matter how, yeah. even a hundred years from now, everyone's been. Oh my kids! I, don't, I can't bring my kids. It's too much. It's just and too they're, much. It's just they're going to have computers installed on their wrists, and it's going to be yeah, right. way way too much. <laughs> and we can just beam everywhere, right? <laughs> it's like you just beam. I in, can't beam I, out. I can't beam my my kid over there. He's being a jerk. <laughs> he or she, not just he. <laughs> He's being a jerk. She's being an asshole. Right. Kids. 
You can beam there. You just show up for 10 minutes. Go back. Just beam in, beam out. That's going to be harder for parents at that time. I'd beam over a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Wine. (laughs) That would be convenient. Ring dings and Pepsi. Yeah, that would would be convenient. Jeremy, we always invite him because he always gives us a good dessert or something. (laughs) We really don't want him here. A Whitman sampler just shows up. Yeah. Oh, Whitman's. Every once in a while, I'd make an appearance, give him the Whitman's, leave. Right, leave. Like, where did he go? He, he beamed out of here. Yeah, he beamed out. He took the Whitman's. <laughs> he's, he, he's opening them. What a jerk. <laughs> that would be, that's the day. Yeah. <laughs> so scene five, Larry is at the mall. Larry's buying some nice sunglasses. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor wears that kind. What the uh, sales associate said, the saleswoman. Can we have them? Uh, can he have them gift wrapped? He asked. Of course he. Of course he can't. Um, she says maybe at the gift shop. The saleswoman suggests. Larry says you need a scissor and uh, scotch tape. Where do you get that at? Is that at the same store? The saleswoman says maybe. Maybe get a bow. Maybe a card. Larry, I'm I'm handing her the gift. Why get a card? She, you know she knows it's gonna be for me. And uh, he says, where do I get a card? And she says, a card store. And Larry just decides this is getting quite complex. (laughs) It it is, the way this is going down. (laughs) Have you ever experienced something similar to this? Something that should be simple, but for whatever reason, it becomes very complicated? Yes. Yes. And, you know, even in Christmas time is the worst, because that's when you actually got to do all that stuff. Now, it's a little easier to get... Gift wrapped at Christmas time, but during birthdays when, because since I don't have any kids, I got to go all these kids' birthday parties, right? Yeah, there's where it becomes inconvenient because I can't just go to the store, yeah, buy the toy and hand it to them. It has to be in some type of bag. Does your wife ever paper. send you on things like that? Like you're in charge of getting the gift every about once a year, and then I think that reminds her why I shouldn't. <laughs> and then like she'll go, like for instance, she'll go on clearance day and buy like. Hundreds of gift bags. So oh, that they're those are handy to have. Yeah. So they're in stock to yeah. wear. She's like me. She has her own little gift store, wrapping store, store in her house, <laughs> right. home. She does. Well, she, she can set it up real quick and do it. Yeah. But every once in a while, we Various run out. papers, tissue, papers. She'll say, can you just go to the store and pick a bag up and some paper? I'll pick any bag and any paper. I don't look at the price. And that's yeah. when she loses her mind. She's like, this was a dollars for yeah, this what bag the, what did you do why did you not go to the dollar store they're only a dollar because i'm like because i don't care why did you get one so large right oh yeah it's it's a whole my friend her husband i swear he does it on purpose she'll send him to the store for the simplest thing so like she had some kind of spinach dip or something like that and he was supposed to get some chips you know uh, like tortilla chips, and he comes right. back with like lime flavored, lime infused tortilla chips. The which wrong might chip. be okay, but not with not, spinach dip. It's not know? what you wanted. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, and it's every time, and there's just other and and I kind of outed him one time because I was just laughing and I was like, "Oh my god, he's doing it on purpose. He has to be. You couldn't mess that one up." And she's like, <laughs> and she just had this epiphany, like, "Oh my god!" He's her been her doing eyes wide, like, yeah, like oh, he's been doing this no. for how long? And there's like an everybody. Loves Raymond episode where they get caught doing that because <laughs> they don't know they, they they've been sandbagging it right and, oh yeah and, and and it's like Deborah figures it out 
And then it gets the other husband's, it gets his dad in trouble because she figures it out. All these, all these years you've been pretending you don't know nothing. Pretty much every, yes, you don't know yeah. anything. You don't know you, anything. Yeah. And that's how this guy is. You know, I, will, I mean, I'm not really friends with him, right. so it's not that big of a deal, but I did totally out him. I'm guessing he curses my name. Probably, because she's like, you know how to do yeah. this now. Now like, she has no that one's, argument. Well, I mean, seriously. I mean, no one's that. It's not. I guess there's like six feet of tortilla chips in every store, right? There's like sure. all these different ones. But like, how do you not? There's there's eighty percent plain, twenty percent lime infused. Like, it's hard to really find those. Yeah. yeah, it's harder to find the lime. Yeah, could have closed his eyes, reached out, and grabbed the bag, and probably got the right one. Oh, right, exactly, exactly. And that's just one example. There's other ones where he's done even worse on a simpler. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> see the simple ones. It's hard to get out of, but what. What my wife likes to do is say, can you go pick me up some food? And I order off the menu normally. You know, mm-hmm. number two. Yeah. Take some vegetables off. I'm good. <laughs> take some vegetables no. off. With her, it's this, <laughs> these fries, extra sauce on this, this kind of, you know, grilled, not fried. Like, all these weird details. Right. Know and this. Add this. I've screwed up. This. I've I never hate- gotten an order right Ever. I hate having to do that. Now, I... Eight years, Jeremy. You know how you do <laughs> I can tell you how to do that. How? You... You know what? Don't tell me. Don't tell okay. me. Let's just... <laughs> I'll just... I'll tell our listeners. <laughs> so this is what you do, guys and gals. When someone gives you an order, and it can be something simple, like no, toma- no tomatoes. They don't like tomatoes. Or it can be something complex. Put it in your phone. And name it the name of the restaurant. If you got cloud service, it's going to update to all your devices. And when they say, hey, go to this restaurant and get me this, you just pull it up. You get no pickles, this, that. If you got picky eaters, you know, some of my friends, they're just like me. It doesn't matter what. They're just like, get me whatever. And they're good. But that's all you do. And then you have it on you. What you're saying is now there's really no excuse of- <laughs> I do have her text it. Well, really, I is mean, what I do is like, text I, yeah, me what you want. I mean, you still have to check it. They can still screw it up. Right, and know? that's my problem. Yeah. I don't check it. You don't check it. Because yeah. when you order something normal, it's never messed up. Right. But I'm when you, you add, like, yeah. extra this yeah. or a couple You take stuff pickles. off. I just go ahead and eat it. Right. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes, yeah. and there's a thing, when my stuff's messed up, I can just take it off. It doesn't yeah. bother me. But for some reason, for women, it bothers yeah. me to take it well, off. Well, I like pickles a lot. You know, I don't get extra, though. No. I, well, they come with it. But sometimes, I'll, me and my girlfriend will split. You go to these restaurants, they got huge burger, huge fries, and it's like, let's just split it. You know, we're not, we never finish it. And she don't like pickle and she don't even want, you know, you don't like pickle. You don't even want that juice on there. And I'll say just now, she, you know, she'll say, do you want me to get on the side now? Pickles horrible for you. I'll just not eat the pickle. You know, right, right. Pickles are horrible for you. Yeah, they're pretty. Is it because they're packed with salt? Yeah, they're nothing but salt. There's no. They're on the poor list of foods. They taste delicious. They taste delicious. Loaded with salt. (laughs) If you like pickles, yeah, Um, they do. But you know, they're strong, so you don't need that many pickles. You make some kind of tuna salad or something. You don't need that many pickles in there. You're going to taste those pickles. just get an old-fashioned dill and eat it. You could you know? always get that, uh, like, dill, you know, crushed dill seasoning, seasoning which oh, would okay. be way better for you. But there's something about those pickles on a fresh mm. burger mm. that are really good. Love them pickles. And there's one restaurant that quit including pickles. They had those real thick-cut pickles. They're like, yeah, we don't have Who pickles anymore. Well, I don't want to out them. I'm mad. Oh, you don't want to <laughs> give them the... 
the satisfaction. I don't want to give them the satisfaction, but I don't want to complain either. I just, I'm just saying that they after okay. the show, I'm going to ask. Told, they, know, I'm gonna know. they know. They know. They know. Yeah. Is it a local place? I come in there, and no, well, it might be local to our area. So, but, but there's a chain. There's a chain. But we, okay, I come I in there, and they know. They're like, oh, I asked the guy. He's pissed about those no pickles. <laughs> they can see it. Yeah. And they changed the burger too. And here's the funny thing is I hardly ever would get a burger there. But when I would, when you wanted a burger, I, it was like when you were really hungry, it was a real thick burger and it was good. And they changed it. And I am not a picky eater whatsoever. I can eat a burger almost anywhere. Yeah. I was going to say it's pretty burgers. Their are... burgers do not taste too good. Really? Yeah. They're, I don't get them. I'm like, they got a funny aftertaste. I don't like I'm the curious. meat. And so I'm like, uh. I think that if you're a restaurant and I don't like a burger there, you got a problem. Yeah, it's not a burger place though, so it's not like it's their right. It's not their bread and butter. Bread and butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially not the bread and butter pickles because they don't are, have any damn are, pickles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> those are delicious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I like the dill too, but anyway. Um, so now we gotta get back. No, you can't do any pickle gambits. No, you, you can't, can't pull the pickle gambit at this restaurant. They don't have any pickle jars. Well, that's season nine reference. <laughs> Just to get us right. back. <laughs> the pickle gambit. So here we go. We're in scene six, one of the greatest scenes in Curb Your Enthusiasm of all time. The family's all upset, lots of chattering, and when Larry enters, silence. All eyes are on Larry. Larry. What? Cheryl. What? We got a paper, that's what. Cheryl's dad. Devoted sister, beloved cunt. Cheryl's mom. <laughs> Cheryl's dad. That's what you put in the paper? Larry. This is a typo. That's Aunt. It should be Aunt. Cheryl. Did Jeff look at this before he turned it in? Larry. They have proofreaders at papers. Cheryl's dad. The woman leads a decent life and this is how she ends up? Beloved cunt? Cheryl's mom. (laughs) Cheryl's dad. My wife is upset. I'm just glad you were in charge of the headstone. Larry. I meant beloved aunt, not beloved cunt. Cheryl's dad. Don't keep saying it. Cheryl. Please. Please. Larry to his mother-in-law. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mother-in-law. Larry. It's a typo. Don't you see? Larry to the room. It's a typo. It's a typo. It's aunt. Cheryl. Cheryl. Larry. Becky enters the room and she's pissed. Becky. I just got off the phone with Craig and I wanted to see if this rings any bells. It wasn't her mother who died. It was just her aunt. You should break up with her today. You don't look happy. You should break up. Cheryl, did you tell Craig to break up with Becky? Larry to Becky. He talked to me, but I I told him to wait till he got back to Tallahassee. I I didn't say to do it last night at the wake. Becky. Oh, well, never mind. What is the matter with you? Larry. He's a bad guy. I was doing you a favor. Cheryl. Okay, Larry. I think you should just leave. Larry. You, You mean for tonight? Cheryl. At least. Please. Cheryl to her family. I am sorry. Larry to the room. You know how I can get this gift wrapped? (laughs) (laughs) He's holding out, holding out the Larry Larry holding out the glasses, of course. Um, Met with silence, Larry shakes his head as if to say, 
okay, and leaves the house. (laughs) So questions, Ray. What a scene. One of the funniest scenes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry definitely needed to leave. It's funny how leaving can solve a lot of problems. Yes. It's like we're always told never run away. No. But then as you get older, it's like it helps a lot. Sometimes you Um, don't, people don't want to see your face. Do you like Larry's attempt to make it a good thing? He's a bad guy. I was doing you a favor. Yes. That is like classic. That's something (laughs) I would have definitely tried to say. Like, no, no, he's a bad guy. I would have probably went deeper. Like, he was cheating on you. He told me he was cheating on you because he's already let the cat out of the bag so what's she gonna do question him about what i said no i would have totally made up a bigger story i caught him kissing some chick at the funeral or something right no once your wife says you need to leave (laughs) family's there you need to leave those points are gone and now he's going and digging into other points yeah you're done now. that's another good reason to build up points well in this case he could have built up as many points as he wanted. They're gone. He's negative now, Done. right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're, what you're saying is there's he he'd like to hit a reset button yes. if they existed. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much don't give anyone any advice that you don't know. <laughs> like Especially uh, Craig. Yeah. Some guy, you know. Becky's probably who knows? Craig. Too Emmy, much stuff you don't know about. Tom, whatever. Right. You know, just stay out of it. You could right? even said like, "I didn't know that was Craig." <laughs> like, because they don't come up to visit all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Craig. Yeah, I don't know if that one would have worked. I would have been trying anything at yeah. that point. You need a comma, not a kamikaze, but you need to say anything. Yeah, he tried, and then he he left. He left when he. <laughs> Once he got that, they didn't help him out where to get that gift wrapped. Right. Everyone's looking at him. So scene seven, Larry's out driving. He stops to fuel up his car. He asks the attendant there how to go about getting the sunglasses gift wrapped. The guy is not very helpful. He tries, but not very helpful. Everyone seems very confused on this task. Larry then asks a random guy who says, go to Hallmark. They have everything you need. But the guy doesn't know where the Hallmark is. No guy knows where the hallmark is. And you said that, you know, this is back before. This is back before you can look up in Google and say, where is hallmark? And it takes you there. Takes you right there. It knows exactly where you're at. Right. And you could check and. uh, Right. They got the scissor. They got the scotch tape. Or they give you the phone number to call. You call right from your phone. Hey, do you guys got. Or do you gift wrap there? Like, who knows? And and if depending on the place, you might even have it where they get it all together for you. You just come in and pick it up. Right. That's the big thing now. I like that. And and not too long from now, in some places, you just have a drone fly it to you. Or buy buy the the gift glasses online, the glasses, you know, and get them wrapped. Right. They'll get them wrapped. They'll ship it to the people's house. Yeah. But, but of course, in this script, that would all go wrong. Yeah. I like it when people think that nothing goes wrong today. More things can go wrong now. Yeah. The more you can do, the more things can go wrong. It's just like the old adage. If it has more features, that's more stuff to break. Um, Ray, do you know anyone like Larry, how he is here, where they're just completely helpless on what should be a simple task? You know, I want to say there there are some people like that. Uh, you know, I work with a bunch of guys, so I always hear the complaints about wives on a daily basis. But then you kind of think, man, that's kind of an easy task. Like, you could have done... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, what is the problem here? Like, how did but you to, mess that up? To them, it's a major thing. Right. Yeah. 
I have a, a few friends like that where it's like they have no idea. They're so lost. Right. The or simplest they, of things. Or they act like they're lost. No, these guys are really lost. <laughs> no, but the one dude is totally acting like he's lost. <laughs> he's really smart at yeah. being lost. Well, you can't like manage your a business for successfully for like a decade and then not be able to go do the simples of tasks. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So it's pretty funny. I guess the better job you have, the more smarter you actually could be. So that probably where some of that stuff backfires. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> So I guess the lesson is to not work then or I'm just, <laughs> just, just kidding. No, it's just that you don't want to get greedy with your stupid, how stupid you present yourself. I see. It's sandbagging. It's like, okay, you're going to hustle a guy at pool. You can't be totally inept at it. I, I don't even know how to chalk this pool cue. Right. You messed you that know? up or something. Yeah. looks too you, you obvious. You got to make it a little believable. Yeah. Make, make a couple of shots and be like, oh, I can't yeah. miss that one. Yeah. So you can't mess up going to the store and buying a bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when there's six feet of normal chips in yeah. one yeah. six-inch spot where it's the like, different well, chips are. I really don't like doing having to stop at the store and get these chips. I'll screw this up, too, and then I won't have to do that. <laughs> but I should ask, did it work? I'll have to ask her if it Yeah, I get, get an update. Does, yeah. does he stop and get chips? Yeah, does she I'm ever curious. ask him again, or has she given up? We'll, we'll find out. I'm going to go on to scene eight. Larry is at Jeff and Susie's with the gift. Jeff's mother likes the glasses. But she can't use them. She has a prescription. So Larry insists he'll have the prescriptions put in. Jeff asks how the obituary turned out. Larry says, do you have a paper? Jeff's dad isn't impressed with the gift. What kind of present is that? Not wrapped. <laughs> no guy would say that, by the way. Just saying. He he would, though. He's he's digging for he's stuff very, not like Larry. Yes, he's very uh, against Larry. Okay. He's... Oh, he's what kind of man doesn't see a, a, a man's kids? He said that one. He's uh, always constantly getting on. Uh, he's the, you know, Hitler, Hitler, you know. He, what kind of man calls his wife Hitler? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Jeff reads the paper. Louise Honan, devoted sister, beloved cunt. Susie, what? Jeff, let me see this. Susie grabs the paper. Jeff, that's unbelievable. You said ant. I wrote down ant. That's bullshit. Larry, don't they proofread these things? I need a letter of an apology from your friend, Jeff. Retraction. Retraction. Larry, retraction? What are they going to say? We're sorry we called her a cunt? We meant, we meant aunt? Jeff. Point well taken. I'll have them write a letter of apology. I'll write one too. Susie, Cheryl must be so upset. Larry, upset? She kicked me out of the house. Jeff insists that Larry stay with them. Susie agrees. Susie tells Jeff. When I die, do me a favor. Let someone else handle the bit. <laughs> Jeff agrees. <laughs> Jeff's mother asks to see those glasses again. She wants to see her reflection. She bends over to see her reflection on a toaster. Larry picks up the stainless steel toaster to help her see her reflection. When Jeff's mother leans in, the back of Larry's hand touches her breast. She has a subtle yet strong reaction to this. She's obviously offended but does not confront Larry. Larry's a little freaked out. It was obvious it was an accident, but he now looks like a big perv. Larry sets the toaster down and says, he'll take care of the prescription and exits the room. Susie. See, Ma, I told you he has a very sweet side. Jeff's mom. <laughs> very. <laughs> Questions Ray. <laughs> Ray, what do you say when you accidentally touch a boop? We've all done it. We've all done it. <laughs> 
And you accidentally... I don't think you say anything. I, I, I honestly think that... It just depends on the person, the situation. It's an accident, like... I've done it, and everyone, we made a joke about it. Me yeah. and this girl, we just made a little joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right, but I think when it's an accident, people know it's an accident, because for some reason, when you're wanting to do it, it's very known. Like, it's hard to really put yeah. into words, like... <laughs> it's very awkward. <laughs> you know? Situation. It's like if you're like the like the the toaster thing. Like it looked like I guess the why she was so crazy about it is because he was the one that held the toaster up. So he was the one that. That's how it happens, though. It's right. Like Hand in something, something you turn around, something right. like that. Well, I mean, I, and the other what thing. What would you do in this situation? You're Larry. And this happens. I, honestly, I wouldn't have picked up the toaster. I would have just said, "Hey, I wouldn't have gotten yeah. that far." Personally, let's say I did pick up the pick up the toaster. Yeah, I would have leaned. She would have leaned in. I would have felt that. I would have just backed up. Yeah, backed away and said, and said nothing. Slowly, not like ugh, would you not have, like that. Would you have said sorry. No, because if you if it's in an accident, there's no need to be sorry about. And that's a, that, ladies and gentlemen, that is something <laughs> you should take home. If it's an accident, if you didn't mean to say anything, or you didn't say anything, or you didn't do anything, don't apologize. What if uh, I was Larry in this situation? Would you kick me out? No. <laughs> I would tell my mom, like, that's even messed up. Even more messed up. Jeremy, <laughs> I don't know why he did. With the toaster. Right. Like, come on. Like, get, like. He's an idiot. Get over yourself. <laughs> like, Jeremy, like, we all know Jeremy's clumsy. Like, we can't. Now, let's just say I had a cousin who was extremely hot, was extremely, had huge boobs, and you're like, oh, oh trying to hold on a minute. Let me oh, get that toaster. So you're like, Jeremy's totally doing this on uh, purpose. Right. You can definitely tell when Jeremy's doing that. <laughs> You'd purpose. call me out. You'd call me out on it. <laughs> Oh, here, let me hold up this toaster. Then I would kick you out of the house. I'm like, okay, I know what you're doing Jeremy, here. Jeremy, you got to go. You got to go. What? What? I just see the toaster. Yeah, no, no, I know what you're doing. But I'd say, you got me. You're good. You're good, you. You got me. <laughs> yeah, you would just admit to that. Ah, I got to be I'm more gonna, subtle. I'm going to show up to a uh, family <laughs> gathering with a toaster and a pair of glasses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see how you look at these glasses. Hey, this toaster would work perfect. Right. You're like, no, go, go go now. What's sad is my cousins be like, Jeremy, you brought me glasses. It would totally work. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, she'd be like, how are you (laughs) having glasses? That's a nice toaster. Oh, can I see my reflection? You bought it for my reflection. How'd you know I needed a toaster? You bought it for my reflection. (laughs) You don't buy mirrors. You buy shiny toasters. (laughs) I like those stainless steel toasters, stainless steel refrigerator. I like that look. I do like that look. Nowadays, it's different because they got this film that doesn't leave fingerprints. Which is even cooler. Right. Yeah. Because that's what I got in my house. and you can. It's nice. I like it. Ones. I like it because when I go to Ray's house and I sneak into the fridge, there's not fingerprints left. <laughs> Ray, Ray used to get me on that. <laughs> no more. Like, oh, you see these? Yeah. Fingerprints. <laughs> I didn't leave them. She she didn't leave them. <laughs> Let's see if they match Jeremy's. Where'd Jeremy go? Where'd Jeremy go? <laughs> so, scene nine. Larry is in Jeff and Susie's guest room and getting into bed. There's a knock at the door. It's Jeff. He says, Larry has to go. You gotta go. You gotta go. You copped a feel on, on my mom. <laughs> Larry defends himself and tells the story. Jeff believes Larry, but he says, look, set the alarm for 7 a.m. You got to be out here by seven. He even offers for Larry to grab a bagel on the way out in the morning. 
That's nice. He, it is. Larry's really quite nice. upset about the whole thing and says yeah. he won't grab nothing on the way out. He'll just leave. Jeff says, sweet dreams, as he exits. And Larry says, aggravated, sweet dreams. And then out at earshot of Jeff, he says, I'll dream about fucking your mother. Sweet dreams. Oh, He's really pissed off at this whole situation. He is. And with that, he turns off the light. So, Ray, I think this shows how strong of a friendship Larry and Jeff have. Are you yeah. impressed with that? I'm very impressed. He's even trying to be cool. Like, hey, yeah. just leave at 7 and no one will see you leave, so you're all good. And offers breakfast. Like, that's nice. Yeah. You didn't have to go that extra Can step. you imagine the conversation that Jeff and his mother had? Oh, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I can. It's disturbing. Yeah, I'm sure it, it wasn't in Larry's favor at all. It wasn't like he accidentally. It was probably he, you know, he touched my breasts. All right, and that's gross. Not only do you talking about your mom's boobs is gross. That's number one gross. Right. The other is you can't. Like, how are you going to convince your mom? I was like, no, you didn't do it on purpose. Like, yeah. Because you want to say, like, who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> you're like 60, 70 yeah, years old. Right. Like, no, no one's doing that to you, mom. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So scene 10, it's 2.06 a.m. Larry gets up to use the bathroom. Jeff's mom is exiting the bathroom and confronts Larry. You. How dare you? What are you? You think I enjoy that kind of thing? Larry tries to defend himself. Now Jeff and Susie hear the commotion. They're trying to settle things down. They're afraid the noise is going to wake up their daughter, Sammy. Jeff's dad shows up. How dare you? What what kind of human being are you? (laughs) Jeff says to Larry, you got to go. Jeff's dad, what a sick person. (laughs) Jeff, enough with the sick person. He's not a sick person. And with that, Larry heads out into the very early hours of the day and seek a shelter in need of a place to sleep. Before he's out the door, Jeff apologizes to Larry. Larry says, even when he was dating, he would wait four months before he tried to make a breast move. <laughs> Jeff, is going to, Jeff is going to smooth things over. He wants to take care of the sunglasses. Larry says, no way. He's not giving her a gift now. Jeff says, that's Indian giving. Do you know what that is? Larry says, uh, yeah, he, he thinks it's a very racist term, but he's okay with keeping the glasses. Jeff asks what he's going to possibly do with them. And Larry has the perfect response. I'll give them to somebody who likes me. Jeff asks, where will he go now? Larry replies, I can't go home. I guess I'll go to a hotel. So, Ray, I like how Jeff and Larry still have each other's back here. They're not in agreement about the sunglasses, but they still don't argue about it. That's a true friend. Yeah, and Jeff actually shows concern for Larry. Where are you going to go? Right. That's a true friend, and that's how that's an example of how good friendships need to be. Even though there's controversy on both sides of families and wives and yes. mothers getting offended, you two are still cool. Yeah, they work it out, right? You know, even though he, they both understand each other's side of it, right? And they 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 go. Well, on. Jeff's really on Larry's side in this one for sure. He is. He knows it was an he accident. He just knows his he mom's just, crazy. He knows. He's just got to go. Right. You know, it's just not going to work. His mom's going to be up screaming all night yeah, if he's there. Yeah, it's nice. going to wake up Sammy. Right. It's going to be, and then Susie's going to be on him. It's going to be bad. Which I understand Jeff's part yeah. too in that. Cause now, what's be ironic home. is that Jeff brought this in a way on himself because he wanted Larry to give to give a gift to smooth oh, this whole thing over. Oh, my god! Because you had the Hitler thing. That's then, then you right. Had the, I forget. Didn't, oh. didn't take the house tour. Didn't see the... I did not think about this. I didn't think about it like that. Didn't come see Sammy sleeping, you know. And so there's been all this problems with the parents. They said bring a gift, and it was the gift that they don't think much of Larry. (laughs) That's that's classic. And it's funny because if you're dating somebody and the parents don't like you, you hear that a lot, really. I mean, that happens, especially when you're young. You're you're happens to a lot of couples, but. 
when you have a friend, usually the parents approve of you. Right. You know, if they don't, that doesn't work out too well. No, you know? you're absolutely right. It's hard to be friends with somebody when the parents don't And on top of, of that, friend. like, I think parents are more leaning on friends. Yeah, you would think they don't so. come around. Like, yeah. how often do you really see your, kid, your yeah. kid's friends? Especially in their age. They're older. I mean, their parents are much older here. Right. So, and so, and so they're trying to make it work. You know, Larry right. and Jeff are trying to make it work. The gift made it work, though, at first. It was yeah. good. It was good. Yeah. The execution, not so good. <laughs> so he, who is in the right here on the gift? Jeff, who says, still give the gift, or Larry, who will keep the gift and give it to someone that likes him? Well, I'm on Larry's side on this because if they're never going to like him, why even give him that? Because now I think the relationship is so gone. Like, there's no way he can get it back, I think. I'm with you. Here's how I look at it. There's consequences to things. And, you know, we all get benefits of knowing one another. Right. There's things. You go to Chicago. You know, you bring me feedback from Chicago. We do each other favors. I'm an excellent cook, you know. Yes, absolutely. somewhat of a chef. You benefit from that. You know, there's different things. And so if you shit on a person, you don't get that benefit anymore. That's just how it works. That's true. You know, and, and I don't understand the people that get surprised when the benefits go away, when you mistreat somebody right. or it just doesn't, things don't work out for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm totally in agreement with Larry here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll give it to someone who likes me. That makes sense <laughs> to me. It really does. I mean, besides, let's think about this. Jeff takes the glasses. He gets a prescription. Every time she puts on the glasses or, or, or puts a piece of toast, she's going to think about Larry fondling her breast. <laughs> and then her husband's going to be like that sick person. She, and the husband's not even going to let her wear the glasses, probably. Right. I don't want to see those glasses or on that you. toaster. Get it out of here. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're in, agree- in agreement with Larry. Yes. Calling this scene 11 and 12, one kind of goes into the other. So Larry's at the hotel. He's tired and yawning. They have no rooms. He asked the hotel clerk if they would turn down Frank Sinatra Jr. You're turning away Frank Sinatra Jr. Shooing the Pope. The Pope. You have no rooms for him either? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. And she replies, I'm afraid so, sir. And Larry says, Craig Butler is in his room. He says, I paid for it and I want that room. And the hotel clerk says that she can't do that. And Craig gets the room until tomorrow morning, and Larry tries to bribe her with the sunglasses, and that doesn't work. He then asks if she likes Seinfeld. She says yes. Larry backs off of playing the Seinfeld card and says, just curious. That I thought that was really That funny. was funny. He then sees an, an inebriated Craig, I believe he is anyway, who seems to have bounced back quickly because he's with a gal. And not a gal in Tallahassee, a gal here. Yeah. Yeah. Which means it's not going to be his gal. It's his partner for a night. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Larry confronts Craig for ratting him out. It's getting heated. Hotel security or a manager shows up and asks them if they're a guest there. And obviously Larry's not and he can't prove he is and he's asked to leave. He tries to bribe the guy with the sunglasses and the hotel guy says, no, just leave. And and at one point, Craig's rolling up his sleeves. Yeah, he was ready to go. He's ready to And that's just because the, the chick was with sure. him. Sure. And I think he was a little little tipsy yeah. there, too. Um, do you, Ray, wouldn't this be infuriating? 
Very inferior. I was infuriated when I was watching. I mean, it. he's paying for all that, and, and he's taking some other. And she was a hot chick too. On he, top of all that, and he ratted him out. Ratted him out, and he's having a great time. Great he's old time. Caused all of this for the most part. Yes, and it, and it got Larry not only kicked out of his house, lost more all so, those points, lost all those points, and he can't even find a place to sleep tonight. And I was thinking about it. Do you think Craig has been helping himself to the mini bar? Absolutely, that Larry's yes. paying for. Absolutely, yes, because he asked about the mini bar that too. Costs more than the room. It does. It's like five dollars a candy bar <laughs> and shot. Yeah, he's taking all the shots. I'm sure he's, he's going crazy now. Peanuts. That's crappy. So, scene thirteen. Larry's in his car. He pulls up and he's parked outside of his home. It's still dark out, and using the electric controlled seats, he begins slowly reclining back. <laughs> so he's he's basically going to sleep in his car. He's finally, yes. finally, Larry's going to get some sleep. He wakes up to the sun in his eyes. He starts blocking the light with his hand. Then he remembers. It's a good thing he kept the good enough for Elizabeth Taylor very stylish sunglasses, which he now puts on to block the light getting in his eyes. Her music plays. <laughs> good thing he kept those glasses. He'd have been angry if he gave them up. This was a great episode. I think it's a real good standalone episode. You can watch it with anyone. They, they, they don't have to be a Kirby Enthusiasm fan. The story is very self-contained. And it all goes together really well. It just all comes together with those sunglasses at the end. Getting kicked out and just everything. Everything it's very fits. satisfying. Yes. Everything fits and everything goes where it's supposed to go. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes. Of all time? Of all the Kirbs? It's one of them, yeah. Top five? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not real good at ranking. Here's what's different about the first couple seasons of Curb. They're pretty much self-contained episodes. Some people like that better. I do like the story arcs. You're saying when a whole season has a story arc, I love that. So self-contained meaning that each episode is different. You can come in on any episode and it's pretty standalone and get whatever story. It doesn't matter if you've seen the first one. It's going to matter. There's going to be some callbacks here and there. But not so much this is season one. That it ruins the story for you. No, you might enjoy it more, but you don't have to see the other one. So, But if you go into a later season story arc, there's one of my favorite ones is Richard Lewis Needs a kid- Kidney. <laughs> and every so many episodes, it's picking up that story again. They mention again. it. Yeah, and they might even, you know, in between, there's little things about it. And so, yeah, there might be a couple episodes that don't go into that too much. But beginning to end, 10 episodes, it's that whole story arc of Richard Lewis Needs a Kidney. And I just, it just all comes together. I really like it. It's a good season thing. Yeah. So, and, and they, they do that more and more as it goes. And I mean, that's, you know, challenging to do. But, um, and I think in season uh, nine, the latest one that we watched, I, I don't think it, it comes together as well as I would have liked, but it's, Difficult. Yeah, the story arc in the back was the yeah. was the fatwa. Yeah, they, which was good. Wait, did it was they, good. they did that through it the was, background? Even though it was over, they kind of still did it in the background. Right, came back in your face full force. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, I, I really do like that. that. I prefer clever. that over the self-containing episodes, but it is nice to have these self-containing episodes. And I think generally what happens is, hey, we're going to do this show. Let's just throw out some ideas. And here's right. a storyline. Here's a storyline. There's another storyline. And then as after you do that for so many seasons, you can it's easier I think to build a whole story arc. Right. Cuz now they know the characters, they the know ones the characters they more and they've self-developed, right. yeah. And you can say, "Okay, well Larry's trying to do this, Cheryl's going through that, and Jeff's 
up to this, you know, yes. he's trying to do this through the, throughout. So he's trying to land a, a, a particular client and he's wooing this client and that's going on. And maybe Larry messes it up, you know? So I like that, but this is a, a really good, because sometimes it's not always best to start out with the first episode if you're trying to get someone to like a show. Right. And it's not always the best to, unless you know that person, you say, this person's going to watch a few to decide. And But there's some people that you, you got to get them with a really good episode. And right. this would be a good one. My I watched this with my mom. She just was <laughs> curious. She, she would laugh at Larry David. And the funny thing is she said, and which my dad didn't really, he don't care for it. And she said, well, I don't know why he, you're just like him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so she cracked up at this episode. That's um, funny. Watched, she was curious. So that she knew I liked the show a lot. And she watched <laughs> it. And it made her laugh, you know, and she's not one to get, she was not going to watch every episode, but she right. watched this one and she really enjoyed it. She was so it's a good standalone. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, Seinfeld, the pen and Jerry goes to, um, Florida. He's visiting his parents. Elaine goes with them. And one of the neighbors has the space pen. It's like a, uh, like a Fisher pen. It yeah. writes upside down. And he says, take the pen. It's Jack Klompas. Take the pen, you know? And he takes the pen and, oh, the whole, uh, they're in an uproar in the community. <laughs> they're, they're, hey, I heard about that pen. Where's that pen you got? You know? And he, he why'd you take that? Why'd you take his pen? He loved that pen. He gave it to me. Right. You know? And Jerry, you need to give that pen back. It's just a whole thing. <laughs> And I've watched that with like my grandparents and things like that. They're not Seinfeld fans. They love that episode. I've heard a lot of people like it, and it's pretty standalone. It's a good episode. standalone episode, yeah. yeah. Now what's funny about it is it doesn't have um Kramer or George in it. And from what I've read, they were really peeved about that. Pretty pissed off that they weren't included in the story. So line. only Jerry and Elaine. Yeah, and the parents. And the parents. Yeah. And then these uh, guest stars, which were great. Um, Millie comes from next door. She walks in and I'm like, she looks really familiar. And, uh, she was the neighbor on the Dick Van Dyke show. And that's how she, that's what she did. She'd come in, she'd walk in neighbor from next door. You never saw her home. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's why she's familiar. I saw her on the (laughs) Dick Van Dyke show. Of course, reruns. I wasn't around yet, but I like that show. And I thought that was a really cool little thing they did there. I don't know if she had the same name or not. She might have, but um, so there's these. Stand- this is a good standalone episode. If you've never watched Curb, you could watch this one and just to give you a taste of how good it can be. You know, I do. Since you're talking about Jerry, uh, kind of like the Seinfeld cast and and George and Kramer, like, oh man, we wanted to be in that. You know, Jerry has a new show out. Comedians mm-hmm. in Cars. Yeah, it's not really a new show. Well, it's new on Netflix. Yes. And, and it is very good. It is it is very good. Yeah. And there's one person on the Seinfeld cast that isn't on there. Oh, and who's that? George Costanza. Um, um, Jason Alexander hasn't yeah, been on there he's yet. He's not been on there he, yet. He was on a teaser uh, for a um, Super Bowl commercial. Oh. And they're sitting in having coffee. And I don't know if it was comedians in cars, but he was on a little teaser. And that's what it reminds you of because they're in a 
you know, like a coffee shop setting. But um, that's weird. That's funny. I don't know why. Larry David's on there. Elaine. Jerry. uh, uh, Of course, Jerry's on every episode. Kramer. Um, He's in there. And Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Yes, that's his real name. And David. uh, Larry David. Larry David. Yes. He's on there, too, which I'm trying to watch him in order, but I really want to get to see how they. It's great. I want to see how they interact in a real, in a quote unquote real situation when they're not. Yeah. I want to see how he really is. Now, Jason Alexander, you will get to see him and. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Michael Richards and all of them come back on Curb as we get later in the seasons. And Jason Alexander plays like a jerky version of himself. It's really funny. Like him and Larry don't get along in the show. (laughs) And it's really funny. And his insults are always George, that idiot George, you know. And and George is based off of Larry David. And Larry's always like, no, he's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. He's always defending him. (laughs) He's like, well, yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. He was in that contest, that masturbation contest. And Larry's like, I was in a contest, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that concludes uh, this episode. Uh, It was really fun to do. We haven't done these for a while, and I've been looking forward to this one since we started. Right. I (laughs) I knew this was going to be a fun one. This is my favorite one so far, (laughs) actually. I have to say mine, too. This is good stuff. Um, I enjoyed the bracelet a lot. That's the only thing. If I can ding this episode for anything, and this is digging, no Richard Lewis. Yeah, Richard need, Lewis is so good. When we need a there. new. We need more more Richard Lewis. Yeah, I got a fever, <laughs> yeah. and the only cure is Richard Lewis. And Richard Lewis. <laughs> On the next Curb Our Enthusiasm, join us for episode nine: Affirmative Action. Coming soon. Be affable. We'd really appreciate a five star rating on iTunes. Let's say you only think we deserve three or four stars. Throw in a pity star. A couple pity stars. Hmm. Why not? Don't like us, but think others may. Lie to us. Five stars were great. And thank you for putting up with us. There you have it. That was Season 1, Episode 8 of the Curb Our Enthusiasm Podcast. If you have any comments or a story to share, email us at coepodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere podcast feeds are available. You can follow us on Twitter at the COE Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Curb Podcast. Visit us at OuterZoneStudio.com. We hope you enjoyed listening. Please join us for the next episode. Affirmative Action. If you like this version of Frolic, the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song, visit MuseScore.com. Look up user GBreen13. That's G-B-R-E-E-N-1-3.